0: This is the opening market podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network for January the 11th. I'm Dustin Huffman. We're on the phone right now with Jim McCormick of agmarket.net. Jim came off a little positive momentum here in the overnight trade. What are we looking at this Wednesday?
1: Uh, we continue to debate the weather in Argentina right now, Dustin. Uh, you know, is it going to rain? Is it not going to rain? Model the model, just like we do in our summertime here in the U.S. Uh, took a little bit of rain out. That's allowing the market to pop back up a little bit here in the overnight market. But the reality is this tone's really going to be more of a choppy trade today, I believe, as it's more positioning for tomorrow's big report. We've got a lot of big numbers throwing at us tomorrow. Uh, re- final production estimates, we'll get demand revisions. Uh, we're going to get demand revisions, supply divisions out of, out of South America. We're going to get quarterly grain stocks, which is always is kind of a little of a little wild card. You're also going to get some winter wheat seeding. So a lot of numbers being thrown at us in general, the trade is looking for a slightly bearish bias tomorrow. We're looking for wheat acres to be up. We're looking for production to be upticked a little bit, demand to be cut a little bit. The net effect is you're looking for a slight increase in carryout in both corn, beans, and wheat, all three categories.
0: So nothing too surprising, though, uh, that we think really, because we, we, you know, with the numbers kind of really kind of brought in already, it's just kind of the finalization. I mean, are we expecting too many surprises?
1: Well, right now the trade's not looking for anything really drastic on on the supply, you know, on these numbers. But there can be some wild cards thrown out there right now. I mean, if, if you look at what the corn ending stocks were in December, they were guessing 1.257, 1.257 billion bushels. The average guess says it's about a 1.3. Uh, the bean carryout was 220, bumping it up to 236. So not a lot of big revisions. But like I said, just a little bit bearish bias. If there is going to be a surprise out there, potentially it could be the quarterly grain stock number, especially in the corn. That is the number that tends to really, uh, you know, know, violently move from higher to lower in some of these reports. So that may be where the surprise would come. And if I got to guess, that could be possibly a bullish surprise, but we'll see.
0: Now, obviously, you know, we talked about Argentina weather, but also Brazil's weather, I mean, has been pretty conducive for them to grow some good-looking crops, you know, barring anything major happening. They could be coasting themselves into a pretty good year, and that that can definitely put some weight on those markets in the coming future, too, right?
1: Well, I believe that's probably what's going to happen. The reality is the trade's focus has been on Argentina, Uh, Argentina um is definitely losing production now they are forecast to get some rain in the latter half of january if that comes to fruition that'll help stabilize the crop but the reality is that argentina crop is going to get smaller both on the corn and the bean side of the equation but brazil right now looks like they're going to have a very good bean crop maybe the one of the best ever that's going to offset a good chunk of the loss of the argentina production and as for the corn we'll see how the brazil corn crop comes in the safrinha crops the crop they start planting here in late january to february That has obviously haven't been planted yet, but, you know, it looks like they've got the right soil conditions, moisture-wise, to have a big crop there. So, in general, South America is probably going to actually gain on year-to-year production when it's all said and done. So, if you're a producer out there, you've got to be cognizant of that. So, worst-case scenario I could see for an American producer right now is our carryout gets a little bit bigger due to upward revision of supply here, lowering the demand. The Brazil crop offsets the lost Production out of Argentina, and in general, we get a rebound in production at a time when the world demand is starting to slow down as not just the United States but you know Fed officials around the world are raising interest rates to get this inflation under under control. You raise interest rates you 're essentially trying to slow down the economy, you slow down the economy, you slow down demand for commodities in general and that is where you've got to be a little bit cognizant of where you are sales wise going into this report
0: and looking at domestic demand i mean we saw that the ethanol report was you know the lowest ethanol production since uh, 2020 that we just saw come out i mean what is that forecasting for us you know as far as demand in our own country for our products
1: well i think you've got to be concerned now that number was horrible last week we'll get some new numbers this week that number last week also was in the depth of that really bitter cold snap of winter we had right around Christmas time, so we should see a rebound, but it's something we need to be cognizant of, because plain and simple, we know we're not going to, our exports are about half of what they were at this time last year, so it looks, unfortunately, very likely, they're going to have to cut exports. So if you're cutting exports, and then all of a sudden you've got to start cutting ethanol demand due to less people driving per se, that's another part of the demand equation going on and then potentially we are feeding less livestock But according to the supply demand numbers of the livestock you're using less domestic demand, we're not getting the international demand, but that is going to start adding to the ending stocks and if the ending stocks start to grow, which is what it looks like is going to start to happen, what's going to happen is the end users feel like they don't have to chase this market higher, they start pulling their bids and the prices essentially have to drop to get to levels of value that people are wanting to buy it. That's where we have that risk of the downward pressure. If we happen to follow up South America's big crop with a monster crop in the United States, then some of the weather guys I talk to are saying they're not seeing any hints of any major problems at this point in time for next year. So we haven't had a trend-plus record yield for a couple of years. If we throw a trend-plus record yield onto uh, a big South American-Brazilian crop, undoubtedly, I think the prices, unfortunately, are going to be quite a bit lower than they are right now.
0: So let's say I'm a producer in Iowa. We're just going to go that. And I'm holding on to corn or soybeans or looking at marketing corn and soybeans for this 2023 growing season. And all these things we're talking about, what what should I be thinking about, Jim, to, to maximize what I can get out of those acres and, and to put in my pocketbook?
1: Right now, I think you've got to really start putting a pencil to paper and find out where your break-evens are. And I think you're going to find out you still are making money. And I think the goal right now of an American producer, doesn't is to make money. Not try to swing for the home run. Make sure you're making money in 2023. You can you know, sell grain, sell forward contracts, do an HTA, sell futures with a broker. A lot of customers that we have are doing some option strategies, both short-term and long-term, as ways to put floors under this market. Just because we think the downward risk is there when you look at the potential of a growing supply, unfortunately, and a declining demand base. So, uh, you know, pricing right now are not as good as they were a year ago. But the reality is you're looking at these 23 corn today as we speak, a little over 590. You're looking at NOV 23 beans, 13.99 and a quarter. Take a serious approach, thought process. Can you make money at that? Because the reality is I think if we have a good crop, you're going to see corn in the low fives on the futures. And if you see we have a good bean crop, you're going to see beans in the low 12s. So essentially you got maybe a 75-cent you know, risk to the downside, maybe more on the corn, and up to a $2 risk to the bean to the downside if we have a good crop. That's, what I think, the reality the producers got to understand.
0: Running over to the livestock real quick. What are we seeing in those cattle and hogs here for the next couple of days, you think?
1: I think a little bit of a choppy trade. I think you've got to look a little bit at the April cattle. Yesterday made a surge higher. They failed to take out the December high, backed off pretty hard. I think that's a little bit of a technical indicator. This market might have run out of steam. I know the supply situation is still relatively tight, but the reality is demand is still a concern. We do get a big CPI number tomorrow on the macro front, and that's going to give us an idea where this inflation bubbles are at and what the Fed may have to do. If inflation is still hot, it's just going to key on the talk that people are going to continue to raise interest rates. So if you're a cattle producer, just like the grain producer, So I'm going to encourage you to at least use options to lay off risk because I think the demand is the real question this year. So if you can guarantee profits, don't be afraid to do it.
0: All right, Jim. While folks are listening to this and want to talk some market strategies and and get the most out of these prices, how do they get in touch with agmarket.net?
1: You can reach me directly at 815 Reach any of the Ag Market team members at 844-424-6758. If you've never gone to our website, go to agmarket.net, sign up for our research. And also, uh, if you're interested, please come to our conference in Nashville the first weekend of February.
0: All right, Jim. Thanks so much for the insight, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you for having me on. That again was Jim McCormick of Agmarket.net. Let's run down those opening numbers for you. March corn up one and three quarters at six fifty-six and three quarters. May up one and three quarters at six fifty-six and a quarter. December new crop up one and a half at five ninety and three quarters. March beans up ten and a quarter at fourteen ninety-five and a quarter. May up nine and three quarters at fourteen ninety-nine. November new crop up five and a half at thirteen ninety-six. Soy meal up six dollars and eighty cents at four seventy-five seventy. Soy oil seventeen cents higher at sixty-two seventy-four. Chicago wheat down one and a half at 7.38 even. Minneapolis down one and a half at 8.90 even. Hard wheat from Kansas three and a half cents lower, 8.05 and a half. May oats up three and a quarter at 3.43. February live cattle up a dime at 157.85. April out, down 12 right now at 161.52. January feeders down a dime at 184.20. March feeders a nickel higher at 186.55. February lean hogs down 20 cents at 79.60. April lean hogs down 75 cents at 88.77. Pork cutout unchanged at 88.02. Class 3 milk down 4 cents at 1949. Thanks again to Jim McCormick of Agmarket.net for joining us on the Opening Market Podcast. I'm Dustin Huffer on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, where Iowa Ag matters.